Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. You're listening to the Dana and Parks podcast on KMBZ. That's true. Really? Well, I guess we should go to the source. Is it true, Dana? Shut up. Older women I hate are beautiful lovers? I hate both of you right now. I noticed you don't have a new hairstyle this morning. I thought for sure she would. Yeah. No, I didn't. They were pushing new styles to her last night. Sam and I get a text at 1.36 this morning. Oh, I was in a mood. And it's from Dana, and it just says, that's it. I quit. I'm leaving. And Dana was on Facebook last night, obviously late, getting ready for bed. You want to tell everybody what came in your... Facebook feed? Uh, yes. A beautiful, beautiful woman who looks like Kathleen Sebelius, and you know I'm a mm-hmm. huge Kathleen Sebelius fan, mm-hmm. with very short, beautiful silver hair. And it's from Facebook and says, Dana, here are groups you might be interested in. Connect with and learn from others who share your interests. And the group that it is pushing me is Hairstyles for Women Over 50. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I quit. You know I was in a mood yesterday. Yes, I'm still by, in a mood. By the way, that text came in. I, I was wrong, Sam. Not at 1.36 a.m. 1.54 a.m. Oh, yeah. Just a few minutes later. I stewed about it for a while. <laughs> I can tell. Like, really, Facebook? You want to hear something creepy, Sam? You're not even 50. I was in uh, a T-shirt yesterday that was in the back office because it's 86 degrees in here. Okay. So, and I wore a sweater because it's, you know, five degrees outside was. So we all do this layering thing here because there's something wrong with the heating and cooling. And so I go back into the office and I've got a stack of my dad's old t-shirts out there. And I just grab one, take off my sweater, put on the t-shirt that says suck it to wreck, which is a nod to Will Ferrell on Jeopardy on Saturday Night Live. And I come in and I sit down and I wear that ridiculous t-shirt all four hours because it's so hot in here. Last night on Facebook, one of the ads it was pushing me was a T-shirt that says, Suck it, Trebek. The exact same font and everything. The exact same font and everything. And I looked at Scott during the little break just now, and I go, we didn't discuss that T-shirt yesterday. And he goes, no, we did not. Uh, I have a similar story. I was at my girlfriend's the other night, and she got this new, like, flavored soda drink from Sprouts okay. that's called Bobby or Bobby or something. I don't even know what it's called. And she she goes, do you want a soda? And I said, yeah, sure. So she threw me one. I went home and on Facebook, I had an ad for that drink. Okay. We didn't even say now, the name are, of okay, the drink. Are they now visually watching what we're doing? I and if no so, idea. if it saw my t-shirt that said suck it direct, 
yeah. why would I want to buy another one? But I, that was also last night. And I'm like, I'm, I'm throwing out all technology. Oh, it's called Poppy. Oh, God. Now we're all going to have that yeah. in our but stuff because you're mentioning stuff, it. But, but you didn't mention it. Did didn't you didn't even say it out you loud. You didn't say the word. Nope. And you, we never said suck it, Rebecca, on the air. Okay, so we have so many people that listen on their computers, online, on their phones, in their car. And if your phones truly are always listening, I'm curious if our listeners constantly get, like, push notifications for stuff that we're talking about on the radio. Does it work that way, or does it have to be your voice? And oh, even if it has to be your voice, how would it know? I didn't say those three words yesterday, and all of a sudden they're trying to get me to buy another T-shirt. I didn't say poppy, yeah. Oh, See that's that, so mad. Is there a mechanism? But I guess they could work out some sort of algorithm with your camera on your phone. Well, this would be far fetched, but it could be connected to her credit card account that saw that she bought that, and then I was on her Wi-Fi. I mean, that's a stretch. That is a big stretch. Yeah. Because by the way, that old T-shirt, my dad has had that for twenty years. How old is that Saturday Night Live skit? Pretty old, yeah. 20 years. I'm, right? Yeah. I'll take the rapist for 20. And it was therapist. For me. <laughs> yes. Um, it, it, it's at least 20 years old. I, the whole thing is just so odd. It's just so odd. So I did some painting last night. Chris came home, knew I was not it, in it a looks, good place. It looks really good. Good headspace. I painted for two hours until 1.30 this morning. And I'm telling you, it'll do it. I had to force myself to do it because I was in such a bad mood. And he said to me, you want to come out and paint and I'll watch ESPN? And I go, Okay. And then I sat down, and like two hours later, I look up, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's 1.30. Yeah. Uh, but it does. It zones me out. It does. I'm telling you. You know that 2023 uh, was not a good year for Scott Parks. No, it was bad. And 2024 is, is, is going well. Yeah. Uh, there have been a lot of changes in my life. And when I sit down to paint that paint-by-numbers yeah. that you bought me a couple of weeks ago, it's all I think about. Like, my mind is so focused yeah. on that little number right that and then all if you the notice that are bothering me then if you noticed if you start painting two your mind's like find me another two find me another yes. two it's like a dog with a bone <laughs> yes. where's the two I where's the it. two i love I, I i can't wait to finish this one so i can start the next one i'm already i'm a nerd i'm already purchasing my next one i'll you, tell you that I, I told you what i'm going to do next mm -hmm. right the uh, one for your mom the, the, well no i'm going to i'm going to do uh, two of the same things for the girls uh, that picture I took at Stonehenge. Oh, that's right. When we were in London. I still want you to do one for your mom. Oh, I will. Okay. I will. Okay. Uh, I want everyone to make sure you tune in for the 3 p.m. hour, which is the bonus hour. We tried for two days, and she was, I think, very busy, very sought after, and probably mm. completely overwhelmed yesterday. Uh, Emily Curiel with the Kansas City Star, who took the iconic one in a billion shot photo of the millisecond yeah. that Patrick Mahomes helmet cracked and a piece of it flew off in the shape, by the way, of a Grim Reaper. Uh, <laughs> Emily will join us in the three o'clock hour. It will also be the bonus hour. How did you get that photo? And there's a uh, article about it where she talks about it today. And if you're a photography nerd uh, and you understand, uh, you know, shutter, uh, things and aperture and light and lenses <laughs> that I do not. She does talk about like just the equipment she had to have. Yeah. But then also the funny thing is that, that she kind of describes is you are so busy down on that field, bringing you guys the photos that go viral from the games, all of the sports photographers, let alone a young woman and, and women never get enough credit in photography that 
there are times you take that money shot and you don't even know that you have the money shot. And, and we'll get into this with Emily in the three o'clock hour. But and I didn't know this until I asked you and you told me. Yeah. They don't sit there and look at their photos and then just send it to an editor back downtown. There's just not a lot of time. So, you pick a couple and you're like, here, yeah. here, I took these. And then you've got to get right back and, out on the sidelines. And, and because of the Internet, you know, newspapers now exist in real time. Yep. It's not like the old days, which is to say the early 90s, where you would take all these pictures, go back to the newspaper and sit there and pour just over it for hours. For hours. No, this is you're all just, in real time. You're sending them, you're emailing them to your boss in real uh, time. And if you haven't seen it, you don't have the internet because the photo is everywhere. But I do believe it is the sports photo of the year. I, I can't oh, yeah. imagine there's another photo that, that surpasses that. Um, and then one of the stories I love that's in the star today about the helmet specifically is what will happen to that helmet. And Patrick Mahomes has already weighed in. He wants it. As soon as he can get it back, he wants did, did it. He, did he say in that interview that they're running tests yeah. on it or something? Yeah, listen to this. They are testing it right now, Mahomes says, but I am adamant on getting the helmet after. He said of the headgear, which he wore during the wildcard round game played in some zero weather conditions. It is definitely something that's cool that I will be able to keep for a long time. Right now, the manufacturer has it. Uh, and says the headgear did its job. It's V-I-C-I-S Pro. V-I-C-I-S. And they have released this statement. Extreme conditions, like those experienced Saturday, are bound to test the limits of even the highest performing products. While outer shell damage is not ideal, the Zero Two helmet did its job of protecting Patrick Mahomes during a head-to-head impact during unprecedented cold Temperatures. Well, and they're probably testing it now to see how it held up in those temperatures. And because inside. I don't think they flew it to Antarctica to test it. Well, you know? but what we mm-hmm. went, um, Sam, years ago when I was a reporter, we went to Rydell, which at the time was like at the forefront of helmet technology and watched like what they do, you know, way back when we first started hearing about CTE. I mean, this was 20 years ago we went and did yeah. this, 25 years ago. And their um, testing studio, if you ever have any way to get into any of these helmet manufacturing companies, their testing lab is one of the coolest things I've ever seen where they simulate drops from 20 feet, 30 feet, 60 feet, mm-hmm. like pounds per pressure per square inch where they are trying to um, mimic what the hits really do to a helmet in this lab that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And that's what they're doing right now with this helmet. I guarantee you they're testing it, looking at it, um, looking at the inside of it, the guts of it, mm-hmm. to see what did that hit do. Now, Patrick's, because you know, he's probably the most famous football player in America right now, um, or second behind Travis, who knows? Um, he's getting all the attention for this hit, but the guy who hit him oh yeah, should be bragging. Oh, yeah. Like, I hit Patrick Mahomes so hard, I cracked his helmet. Uh, Elliot. Player 21, 31, I can't see. But last name is Elliot. And, no, he he is... Semi-viral over to the right in that photo uh, that Emily took that we'll talk about at 3 o'clock. So please stick around for that. I'm super excited. That'll be fun. Sam Stevie III, he is our producer. Dana Wright, my name is Scott Parks here on KMBZ. A couple of just quick notes about our favorite uh, football time of year. Uh, Jason Kelsey has come out and said 
despite the rumors, he has not announced his retirement. Mm. He, he worded this very carefully on the New Heights podcast, Scott. He said it would not be like appropriate or respectful just to leak that out and have it on Twitter that yeah. he's done after 13 years with the Eagles, that, that when and if there is a time to make an announcement, he will do it in a respectful, appropriate way so that he can thank all of the people that mean so much to him. Good for him. He's right. Uh, he's that's right. number one. And so, you know, do I think he's coming back? No. But, of course, he's such a classy, <clears throat> great guy. He's going to do it in an appropriate manner. Uh, then there's this headline. Apparently, Jason Kelsey signed an Eagles jersey this week for his favorite local McDonald's employee. Apparently, he is a big fan of the sausage, egg, and cheese McMuffin. It's pretty good. And cashier Daniel Bonham is always the one who greets him when he goes through the drive-thru. He went through for breakfast on Wednesday, January 17th, personalized his jersey, writing to Danielle, go birds, thank you, took off with his sausage, egg, and cheese McMuffin, and gave her the signed jersey. Oh. I love him so much. Let's hear uh, from uh, Jason Kelsey from that podcast, Sam, if we could. Nick kind of gave me an opportunity to talk. I didn't announce what I was doing on purpose, despite, I guess, what's been leaked to the media. I just don't think you're in a position after a game like that to really make that decision. I just don't. There's too much emotion in the moment to really fully grasp that decision. I'm not trying to be dramatic and continue to draw this thing out. I'm really not. It's just something that I think, uh, you know, when it's time to officially announce you know, what's happening in the future. It'll be done in a, in, in a way that's, you know, definitive and pays respect to a lot of people and uh, individuals that have meant a lot to me and has led to the career I've had. You know, I don't think that it would be uh, respectful or even accurate uh, to be able to do that right after a game like that. Yeah. But I did address the team and pretty much said the same thing that, I just said to you, which is, you know, I got belief in every single one of you guys, you know, cherish the moment you have in this league. A lot of guys like, you know, if that is your last game, I feel sorry for you. And I'm like, yo, don't feel sorry for right. me, mother Whoa. Whoa. And then he starts me. crying. That um, one scared me. Sorry. Yeah, that, that one. <laughs> Let me pucker up a little bit there. <laughs> uh, uh, but he's absolutely right. But I saw, I saw, sorry to interrupt you, Sam. I, I was watching, it was either Good Morning America or Sports Center this morning. And they were talking about Jason Kelsey maybe retiring from the NFL. And they played clips from an interview that they had done in July where he's walking around in the backyard with his wife and his beautiful children. And he walks like he's been shot in the legs. He's in so much pain. Oh, my gosh. And Sam, weren't you saying he has to do 30 minutes of stretches in the morning just to get out of bed? Uh, just hip stretches. Just focusing on one portion it. of the body. Yeah. It's not worth it. He's, he's got so much more to give. I said this yesterday um, in a way that will not continue to sacrifice his brain and his body. Uh, but we were talking about the extreme cold yesterday on the air and the impact of that and how many people may or may not uh, lose extremities because of it. Yeah. Uh, I watched the New Heights podcast this morning, and I couldn't help but notice that every time Travis Kelsey brought his left hand up to the microphone, it looked like he had been in a bare-knuckle brawl, and yep. he was wearing gloves the entire game. Just how cold it was, every hit left a cut on the outside of his hand. There apparently was another Chiefs injury in that game, because on that same podcast, uh, Travis goes on to say, and he wouldn't name the player. Okay. But listen to this. Uh, he says one of his teammates' feet were burned. Yeah. During the game. Here's the quote from Travis Kelsey. And when, when I say uh, spatted his shoe, yeah. spatted means to tape it. 
Okay. To, you know how players will tape their yeah. shoes down? Um, so Travis Kelsey is quoted as saying, I'm not going to say who it was, but one of the guys double socked it up. Foot warmer on top inside the shoe, and then they spatted, taped his shoe. So you've got pressure kind of pushing down on it onto the top of this guy's, this player's feet. Ended up getting two golf ball sized blisters on top of his feet. Just like looking at it, I was like, damn, dude, that had to hurt the entire game. Did you not feel it? So we mentioned this yesterday. You keep seeing the number 15, that 15 people went to the hospital. Um, for hypothermic frostbite type things, okay? Mm -hmm. Those numbers are so incredibly misleading. Those are just the fans that were taken from Arrowhead. By ambulance. That's just KCFD numbers from Arrowhead. What we're not getting an overall snapshot yet, but, but we kind of flirted with this yesterday, all of the people that walked into hospitals after or ended up in KU's burn unit or at HCA's burn unit at uh, research. We spoke to a uh, physician there. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I found so interesting about that interview with the uh, burn surgeon is that it's probably going to be two weeks before fingers and toes start to be amputated. Mm. She said, we give the body as much time as we can to try and heal on its own, doing all of the things we can and the technology that we have. But once that tissue's dead, it's dead. And you get sepsis. And other things can happen. She said within two to three weeks, and I wrote the quote down yesterday, many a finger and toe will be amputated in this town. Hmm. And I've reached out to Children's Mercy today as well, Scott, because there were children there that were dressed like for a snow day, like they're going to go sledding or something, but not... Not for not negative for eight what degree that was, yeah. and we know that children are more susceptible to it. And I'm curious if any of the kids got hurt. No, I'm, I'm actually worried. I hope not. Um, Channel Five uh, interviewed a guy named Evan Harder who lost all of his toes to frostbite ten years ago while walking one mile in Kansas City when it was freezing outside. He estimated he was outside forty to fifty minutes. And the temperature was slightly warmer than it was at game time over the weekend. Mm. So it's just that we, I think we will eventually get the numbers. We're not there yet because the amputations haven't started yet. Yeah. yeah. Were there a lot of kids at that game? I was, I, obviously, more, I wasn't than, there. I just I'm going to be honest, TV. more than I was comfortable with. Yeah. Huh. More than I was comfortable with. Little okay. ones. A great think, point from the text ahead. line. Uh, it, probably the impact was more from people just walking around town being outside ill-prepared, car was stalled, something like that, yeah. that they got frostbite. Because if you were going to the game, hopefully you had the foresight to know that it's going to be extremely cold. Okay, except man without a shirt on wearing mittens, guy. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, something tells me he, he that was that wasn't TV a sober a decision. <laughs> you think? Just saying. Golly. People are dumb. Dumb. Uh, when we get back, uh, Emily Curiel, by the way, uh, the photographer from the Kansas City Star, will be joining us at 3.15 she took that iconic photo of Patrick Mahomes uh, getting his helmet cracked at the game over the weekend, and she's going to join us at 3.15. When we get back, are you hanging out with psychopaths? You can tell by just looking at their hands. Oh. We'll get to that in just a moment here on Dana and Parks. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. 
That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. If you look around in traffic here in about a minute, you're going to know who listens to the Dane and Parks program and who does not. Because a lot of people are going to look at their hands here in about one minute. Uh, the Gilgo Beach serial killing suspect has been charged in the death of a fourth woman. Uh, it happened mm. Tuesday. Uh, it's a Connecticut mother of two who vanished in 2007 and whose remains were found more than three years later along that New York coastal highway. Rex Hureman was formally charged in the murder of Maureen Brainerd Barnes months after being labeled the prime suspect in that death. And did I also see yesterday his wife and daughter were in court for that hearing? I his wife had filed for divorce. I, why would you go to that hearing? Maybe because even in people's alleged worst Behavior, you still love them? Uh, uh, no, not that behavior. Prosecutors now turn their attention to prosecuting those cases as well as investigating the remaining bodies, of which there are so many. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the charged count with Rex Hureman is now up to four. Okay. A study out of Canada has revealed an easy way to identify a psychopath in the real world. Okay. Just look at their hands. Okay. Researchers in Quebec claim that people who have a longer ring finger than an index finger uh-huh. are more likely to be psychopathic. Longer ring finger. By the way, we looked. Sam and I both have longer ring fingers than index oh, fingers. Oh, longer ring finger than index finger? Mm-hmm. Um, mine is like one billionth of a millimeter higher. Are we all psychopaths? Yes. What, what? What did they look at the fingers of all of the serial killers? For the study, the researchers analyzed the hands of 80 individuals. While 44 participants had a clinical diagnosis of amphetamine use disorder, antisocial personality disorder, or both, 36 were healthy. The researchers took detailed scans of their right hands and put them through several psychological evaluations. Uh, right. The longer the ring finger, the more psychotic? Because if so, I'm way out there. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. We found ourselves one. <laughs> Bo- boss's ring finger is longer than his index is. finger, too. Okay, listen to this. Research also suggests a lot of things about this. Having a longer ring finger compared to index <laughs> reflects greater exposure to male hormones during an individual's time in their mother's womb. There are also differences between and within sexes in finger lengths associated with relatively more masculine versus feminine development. So I think, are we more like type A driven? Probably, uh, that's the way I read it. Types, and then those types also happen to be the serial killer type? Well, they, they, they are, are, the way I read the story, and I didn't participate in the research, uh, they are more inclined to have you know, some of these disorders, amphetamine use disorder, 
antisocial personality disorders, etc. Uh, yes, longer ring finger is a marker of higher levels of testosterone prenatally, whereas a longer index finger means you had higher levels of estrogen. Huh. By the way, just being a psychopath doesn't mean you're a serial killer. That's true. Uh, you can just be a psychopath, right? Yeah. You're more likely to have psychopathic tendencies. Mm-hmm. Like me this week. Get out of my way. <laughs> Your hair looks great, by the way. Thank you, Sam. It does look good. It does look Ready good. Ready for hair for a mature woman. But just think, in three months, you can start mailing it in. Yeah. Because you'll be 50. I'll be 50. So you just it's get all up. downhill from there. Yeah, you just go get your hair cut. Yeah. You, you don't have, when, when you're a seasoned citizen. That's right. <laughs> you don't have time to get up in the morning and fiddle with your hair. That's right. I don't have time you, for that. You, you are in the twilight of your life. That's right. You, Days you, are you numbered. Get, we enter what we call the Kathleen Sebelius zone. Beautifully silver hair, not a hair out of place on that woman's head as long as I've been around her. Okay. I'm going to, I don't take any pleasure in your pain. Uh-huh. I want you to know that. Okay. But when I got out of bed this morning and mm-hmm. I saw that text from you with that mm-hmm. picture of that woman who looks <laughs> who looks eerily like Kathleen Sebelius or Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, your text back definitely highlighted that you do take joy in her pain. Okay. And we, can, we can't read what I wrote back right. because it, it contains bad words. Right. I am here specifically to amuse you when you wake up and look at well, your phone. The, what, That's my well, lot in life. Well, here, That's the cross I bear. Here, here's why. I'll tell you the rest. Mm-hmm. All I did was role play in my brain <laughs> what your reaction would have been in the middle of the night when you saw that ad on Facebook. Yeah. And I, I just, I could see you, your head just explode. Yep. You Several got it. expletives. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, get home now. You got it. Uh, Catherine, Princess of Wales, will be spending up to two weeks in the hospital recovering after undergoing abdominal surgery. Uh, Quoting here from Kensington Palace in a statement today, Her Royal Highness, the Princess of Wales, was admitted to the London Clinic yesterday for a planned abdominal surgery. The operation was successful, and Catherine, known by many as Princess Kate, will remain in the hospital for 10 to 14 days. Wow. It is unclear what the surgery was for. But a royal source telling CNN that the 42-year-old's condition was non-cancerous. Uh, not looking to make this political, but did you see when the Department of uh, Defense head went into the hospital? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was sick enough, by the way, uh, from complications of, was it a prostate surgery yes. type thing, mm-hmm. uh, that he needed an ambulance to take him to a hospital. It was requested that the ambulance kind of go quietly to pick him up yeah. with no lights and sirens. And I'm curious, Scott, if, if you are, it, we don't even have to make this about a public figure. Are you allowed to tell an ambulance crew or the paramedics or the fire folks when they arrive, I do not want lights and sirens? I, I, I think it would probably depend on the kind of neighborhood you live in. And, and hear me out on that. If you live in, like, let's say, your typical suburban single-family home neighborhood. With younger families. Where there's no, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, where, you know, at any given moment, you know, there might be some kids outside, but yeah. there's no businesses, there's not a lot of traffic. Uh, but it, as opposed to, like, you live in a downtown high-rise apartment. Yeah. At that point, I don't think you have the right, well, you probably do have the right, 
but they probably are not going to go go along with your request that they don't use lights and sirens in a downtown area. Or like if you lived in Waldo or something, or you know, m- more into the center of the city. By the way, here's that 911 audio. Can I ask, like, can the ambulance not show up with lights and sirens? Um, we're trying to mm-hmm. remain a, a little subtle. Yeah, I understand. Sure. Um, yeah, usually when they turn into a residential neighborhood, they'll turn them off. Is he reporting any chest pain at all? No. Okay. Did he pass out or does he feel like he's going to pass out? Uh, no. Okay. And like you said, he's he's awake, he's alert and oriented, he's not confused or anything like that, correct? Correct. Okay. We want to remain a little subtle. Okay, well, we all want to remain subtle when there's an emergency. I don't want the neighbors wondering what's going on down here. Mm-hmm. Like, in my neighborhood, it is single-family home. It is just turning over where a lot of the original residents from 35 years ago are moving into condos and new families are moving in. However, about a mile from us on state line, they have um, an assisted living facility, a couple mm-hmm. of them, okay? And so the fire department will routinely go lights and sirens through the neighborhood because they're trying to cut through to get to state line to get uh-huh. to the assisted living. So I, I just don't know that it's, for most people, can you say that? Please don't do lights and sirens. And even though I've asked one time, when I had the carbon monoxide detector going off, twice, once in the basement, once upstairs, I called the non-emergency number and I said, hey, I'm a little concerned. It's just me in the house. You don't need to come lights and sirens blaring, but this is going on. Here's the only reason I think they would deny that request. Can you imagine if in route to somebody's health emergency and that ambulance, they get into the neighborhood and they're like, all right, kill the lights and sirens. We told them we, we wouldn't turn them on. Yep. And they run over a kid or they hit a car that doesn't see them for whatever reason. I mean, the lawsuit, to borrow a phrase from Dana Wright, start adding zeros. Yep. You turned off your lights and sirens because you didn't want to annoy the very person who needed your help. I say you keep them on. You run those lights and sirens. Yeah, you do, baby. Because you know what happens when the lights and sirens are running. Everybody opens those curtains oh, yeah. like, what's going on down the street? <laughs> well, they also can't drive over the speed limit or uh, dramatically over the speed limit without lights and sirens on. Yeah. So if you're trying to get somewhere quickly because somebody's having a heart attack, I don't care about disturbing the neighbors. Get here. Right. And I have a feeling if you are like the head of that crew, you're like, I'll run lights and sirens if whenever I damn I if whenever I want. Well, and, and here's the other thing. This is a really a frustrating story for me. You are not a private citizen. Bingo. You are one of the highest ranking government officials, not only in this country, but let's be honest, in the world. We've talked about it. I can't believe he has not been fired. You, you run the Pentagon. Yep. The military of the strongest country that has ever existed. You do not have privacy rights when there's something going on with your health. There's a reason why every year they release the president's uh, medical exam. We, we have a right to know the health of and, our and I would leaders. I would say we wouldn't even be talking about this weeks ago had he just told the chain of command, right. both up and down, mm-hmm. I'm going in for a procedure. It happens all the time. Yeah. Look at how many times Dick Cheney went under for heart issues. Or when the president has a colonoscopy, uh, transfer of power happens yep. when someone that high up is on the propofol. Well, and, and there, there were two major mistakes. Two major mistakes. There was countless minor mistakes. Um, he didn't tell the president, his boss, 
unconscionable and should be fired for that. And did not transfer power because his deputy was in Puerto Rico, not in Washington. I, I, I still can't believe oh, any of it. By the way, on vacation. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, not, I know. Not working. They had to take her to a secure location mm-hmm. once they figured out he was in the hospital. You have to be pretty high up that they're whisking you away to a secure location yeah. because your boss is in the hospital. Wait, can, can you imagine if one of us three needed to go into the hospital for surgery and we didn't tell our boss? And we don't have any... Like, we're not powerful people. We're not pow- at all. You, you just tell someone. I would, I, I would tell you. I mean, yeah, the security of the U.S. and, quite frankly, the world is Mm -hmm. at stake when that person is unreachable. And not to mention, the more confusing part is that she had taken on some of his duties. Why? here's, Here's my question. When he was taken back to the hospital, he was taken to Walter Reed, who was in charge of the Pentagon? Uh, For a moment, it was either nobody or whoever would have been the third in town in charge person below her. We have opposing firefighters on the... uh, phones right now saying yes it's lights and sirens or no sometimes we'll oblige all right we'll get to them in just a moment 913-586-7798 here on dana and parks all right in a just released 911 audio you hear an aide to the defense secretary calling dispatchers and saying that he needs an ambulance to the house, but we would like it to come into the neighborhood without lights and sirens. We're trying to be subtle. That was his word, a little subtle. Uh, Richard in Independence. Richard, hello. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Hi. So uh, I'm a former firefighter paramedic. I'm going to tell you this. You call 911 and request a fire truck or an ambulance. You know, we're going to come in loud. We're going to come in bright. Now. That said, once we pull on into your neighborhood, typically we will turn the siren off. But, like, if we get to your house and we know, and it's been recorded through dispatch that either the patient or somebody directly involved with the patient has epilepsy, we, we will turn the lights off too, but we're already there. Oh. And we, we only reactivate the lights and the sirens. Um, Whenever we leave with you, if it's deemed necessary for transport, like if we can sit there behind stop signs and stop lights and sit in traffic, then fine. We won't leave with lights and sirens. But if you're like in the middle of a stroke, having a cardiac event, uh, whatever, that could be potentially life-threatening, we're leaving loud and bright as well. Hmm. Richard, do appreciate the call. Thank you for your service, by the way. Uh, Dave in Liberty. Dave, hello. Hey, Scott. Hey, Dana. Uh, uh, had a situation a few months ago. I uh, had to have uh, ambulance come to the house through the back out, excruciating pain, had to come get me, made the request, asked the request that the, that the lights and sirens not be on. And when they came down in the cul-de-sac, whether or not it was through the request, or that's what they normally do, they did not have the lights and the sirens on and wheeled me out, put me in, and went on the way. Now, what was interesting, just on a, on a side note, is there's two ambulatory things. So if you can kind of help yourself and help them, they'll take you out. 
if you can't, they have to call another ambulance that has the gurney and everything else that can go up and down to get you out. So there's two types of ambulatory services that you can get. I did not know that until that happened. But yeah, I wouldn't, an interesting I, side yeah, note. I, 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 could, I could certainly see a scenario. It sounds like from Richard and Dave that you're both kind of saying the same thing, that when you call 911, they come quickly. And, but once they get into the neighborhood in the interest of not waking everybody up at 2 o'clock in the morning, right. they'll turn off the lights and the sirens, or at least turn off the siren and keep the lights on. Um, I, I, not, not that anybody asks. I guess I'd be okay with that. I mean, back to your story, Dana, because uh, I'm very familiar with uh, your neighborhood. There, there is two, those two older retirement communities yeah. um, right there on state line. And if people are cutting through your neighborhood emergently to get over to, All the to time. state line, I mean, oh, you'd, you'd nobody, go nuts. You would go, nobody would buy a house in your neighborhood. Nope. We've wanted speed bumps forever uh, just to keep people from slowing, slowing them down on that straightaway. Mm-hmm. And the reason we've always been told we can't have speed bumps in that neighborhood is because the fire department uses that street how how frequently would you say the ambulance is it just the ambulance or do they send fire trucks and everything fire too it's not that frequent but we usually know and here's what's funny in your own neighborhood you know this you know when it's something in your neighborhood you'll hear one and then another and then another and you're like well damn is there a fire Mm -hmm. you know and that certainly doesn't happen very often i think more often than not it's just the the folks down the street and look they need it our tax dollars pay for the service i get it but but if you could do lights and not sirens to his point, you're still getting the message across that there's an emergency we're coming through, visually. Mm-hmm. Visually. Yeah, but if it's 2 o'clock in the morning, most people aren't ever going to see it right. or know that right. you're out there. Yeah. Uh, somebody writes in, 7972, I live in a neighborhood in Lee Summit that is completely surrounded by a retirement community. The fire department and ambulances more than regularly shut off their sirens as they fly through our neighborhood, responding to someone in the retirement community. And outside of it. Once outside of the retirement community, they turn the sirens back on. I am shocked to this day an accident has not happened. Mm. Quick break for the news. Dan Weinbaum has that coming up in two minutes. We'll talk about the photo in the 3 o'clock hour. The sports photo, I swear, of the year. Mm -hmm. The millisecond that this very talented photographer needed to take that photo of Patrick Mahomes' helmet shattering in real time. We will talk with her coming up in the three o'clock hour. Thanks for listening to the Dana and Parks podcast. Remember, you can catch us online anytime at KMBZ.com. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.